Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Religion would not even be an issue except for the Bible. Before we get carried away, let's read our Bibles now. I can assure you there are millions of Christians who did not take parts of the Bible literally. Forfeit all claims to your own authority. Stand without apology on the only authority that matters, which is the authority of God himself entrusted to us in his word. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I'm on a college campus. I happen to be in a little center here. It's the campus center, as a matter of fact. And some people are just kind of hanging out. They're sitting down. It looks like they're studying outside. Well, let's see if this gentleman will talk to me on the radio for just a moment. Sir, do you have a moment to talk to me on the radio? Please. Sure. Tell me what your name is, sir. My name is Luke. Luke, how you doing? Pretty good. What are you studying here? I'm studying Spanish and chemistry at the moment. So you want to uh, work in a lab in Spain, is that correct? Uh, that would not be correct, but... What exactly do you want to do with that, that combination of things? That combination? I have absolutely no idea. Cool. Hey, we're here. We want to check out to see what, uh, what college-age students believe about heavier topics, some bigger stuff, like religion, uh, social issues, moral issues, etc. Can you tell me, do you, have a, do you personally have any sort of religious... $61 for that book? You've got to be kidding me. What is that? First of all, what is the name of that book? Uh, Aproximaciones al Estudio de la Literatura Hispánica. So it's a Spanish book for $61? Mm-hmm. Does that make you nuts? Did you have to pay that? Yep. All righty then. Now we know why it's so expensive to go to college. You've got to be kidding me. All right, I'm sorry. So my first question for you is, do you have any religious worldview? Um... I don't know, that's a little bit of a hard question to answer right off the top of my head, but I, what do you mean religious worldview? Yeah, what is your, do you have any belief in a, a, a supernatural being, God, afterlife, anything? I'd say I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm a Christian. You'd say you're a Christian. Okay, so then tell me then, who is, who is God to you? Uh, God, I guess. Okay, does he have any other names, this God of yours? Uh, not really, no. Okay, and so how do you uh, how do you practice your religion? I'd say mostly on my own. I don't attend church regularly, but uh, try to be somewhat religious. Okay. What does that mean? Um, I don't know. I guess just you know thinking about what your beliefs are, reflecting on your beliefs, and uh, you know. Reading, reading the Bible, I'd say, is one thing. And uh, do you read your Bible? Yeah, on occasion. Yep, yep, fairly regularly. Okay, so is that the uh, is that the book that you use as your guidebook for life? Um, yeah, I'd say so, but not not necessarily in all points. I'd say it's you know it's a little bit difficult to to always go by it. Okay, some of the some of the other things that we were going to ask you about are things like um, this is. Let's just get some tough ones out of the way. Abortion, pro-life, pro-choice. Um, that's a tough question. I'd say personally, personally myself, I'd say I'm pro-life, but I feel there's no need to have laws against those types of things because if people feel that they're right to themselves, they can have the choice to do them. Just makes it's each individual's choice and not not uh me making a law on someone else but i'd say myself i'm for i wouldn't be for abortion if, if 
if it was my case. But So do you think that abortion is right or wrong? I mean, for me, it's wrong, but for other people, it might be their way. Could you explain that to me, how that can work? If it's wrong for you, how can it be right for somebody else? Well, I guess it's just I can't, I can't judge those other people. And uh, that's, Do you think, like, uh, stealing is wrong? Um, yeah, I would, I would say, for me, yeah, I don't do it. Could I do it, and would that be okay as long as I believe it's okay? Probably not, no. Okay, so help me understand, then, when it comes to abortion, if it's wrong in your opinion, how can it be right for somebody else? I'm not saying it's right for someone else. I'm just saying uh, I think it's going to happen, and you can't really... Uh, I just don't think it's it's someone's place to make to make those calls and and uh, like stealing. I don't know. It's just I'd say it's a very complicated issue. So, do you think there should be laws mandating any sort of uh, morality or any sort of behavior in this country? Um, idealistically, no. But obviously, there has to be some. I mean, if everyone was perfect people, we wouldn't have issues with with morals. But. Uh, I mean, there's got to be some. There's got to be a balance. Okay, so let me, uh, first of all, i got to grab this chair because I can't sit like that anymore. So let's, uh, let's segue into things like uh, uh, drug, sex, and rock and roll. What about, uh, yeah, I sure can. Hold on, hold on a second. Okay, let's have a, a little chat about things like uh, um, drugs and sex. Oh, not maybe this necessarily this campus, but how much of a problem do you see drugs are for, for people your age? Um, I don't necessarily say I'd see them as a problem. Um, I mean, it can become a problem. It's just, it's really, it's really more the personal, uh, responsibility. I mean, they can become a problem, but certain people can, can, uh, I'd say use, you know, drugs and alcohol and be completely fine, you know, still be, uh, moral individuals also uh, also lead good lives and keep responsible you know complete the things that they need to complete so you think doing drugs is okay um, I'd say in a very in a very like you know controlled way maybe you know yeah okay what about I'm not saying, it, I'm not saying it's a good thing I'm saying it's probably better to not need to depend on those things but I mean, if a certain person can handle handle those things, yeah, it's then it's okay. All right, let's talk about things like um, how's about the definition of marriage? Do you think in this country there should be a definition for marriage between a man and a woman, or should it just be anything that works for anybody? Mm, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that too much. I haven't really reflected on it too much. I mean, my ideal is you know I'd say one man, one woman, but. I mean, some people don't don't really go for that. I don't know. It's really too hard of an issue to to understand. I don't I don't know both sides of it. I'd say. So you called yourself you called yourself a Christian. Do you think that uh, homosexuality is a sin? Mm, again, this is one I'd have to refer to as myself. I mean, as my belief as a Christian goes, I'd say it is. But at the same time, I love those people. I mean, they're my friends and and uh, people who choose to do those things. And, you know, everyone's a sinner. It's not just, I mean, the issue can't be so polarized. There's 
so many things that even Christians sin about and they don't even realize it. And, and uh, What year are you here at the school? I'm a junior. You're a junior. So sometimes we read statistics. For instance, GLAD, that organization, says that 10% of Americans are homosexual. Based just on your experience here on the campus, do you think that's accurate? I have absolutely no idea. I couldn't judge that. Okay. Curious. Okay, let's talk about, uh, what about smoking? Good, bad? Smoking? Uh, I'd say overall, not a good thing, but if it brings certain people some type of joy in life, let them do it. I, I just really, I'm not too big into, like, uh, judgments. For me, I feel it's a health concern. I don't do it. Um, so let me ask you a question. I've heard a, I've heard a consistent theme is that uh, you think certain things are not necessarily good or maybe even wrong, but you're not eager to impose any of your beliefs or your thinking on anybody else. That's been pretty consistent as we've talked. Why is that? Why is that? Well, because I just, I mean, as, I mean, as a Christian, I'd say one thing I pick out is that, that that's not your goal to do. I mean, maybe if you're in a church, you know, it is your goal to get people um, in the church to have similar ideals and, you know, maybe to discipline people if they go outside those ideals. But as far as in life, there's just so much different, especially here. I mean, in, anywhere in America, there's just so many differences that you can't, you can't impose your beliefs on other people. It's just... So when you, when you were, when you were raised, when you grew up, did, were you taught right and wrong, good and bad, or was it more of your attitude that well anything goes as long as it doesn't hurt anybody um I'd, i definitely was raised with with right and wrong and but at the same time my parents i'd say hold similar beliefs to me um that even the people who are judging who are making these right and wrong calls and seem to be you know the moral ones maybe as far as christian are just in many ways in many other ways are you know just as sinful as some of these other people um i mean it's a christian i'm saying this and so it's important to realize that you know not necessarily always are uh the boundaries so clear on on morals and that everyone is in the same boat and so judgment is judgment you know you can state your beliefs and you know if people accept that or don't accept that is is up to them Hey, Luke, thanks very much for talking to me. I appreciate your time very much. I hope that uh, you become a good Spanish chemist. Thanks very much for talking to me. We just heard some very consistent things, didn't we? We just heard that there is uh, right and wrong for me, but I'm not going to impose that on anybody. And once again, isn't that becoming a consistent theme? We've heard it preached. We've heard it spoken about on Christian Talk Radio. But to hear it is another thing. Boy, oh boy, we don't want to make anybody feel bad. We don't want to impose and how dare we say anything because I've got a I've got sin in my life, so I'm not going to critique or criticize anybody for sin in their life. And we didn't really even get into spirituality. But I'll tell you what, that conversation absolutely has spiritual implications. We'll continue on Wretched Radio. As you know, we like to talk about MediShare here because it's affordable biblical health sharing. And I actually saw an ad from MediShare announcing themselves to missionaries. How smart is that? What a blessing that might be. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's an alternative to traditional health insurance, which means it's alternatively less expensive. The average family saves about $500 
per month. It's Christians sharing the health burdens of other Christians. It's a beautiful thing. Whether you're a missionary or not, if in that is a need you have, I encourage you, metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a nice person who's going to pray for you. And they will tell you what your family can anticipate. And you can ask questions. 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. Well, thanks to our amazing gospel partners around here, we have been able to accomplish some pretty amazing things in 2023. This past year, we were able to launch Season 2 of Transformed. We launched Wretched Worldview 2. And let's not forget Season 4 of Road Trip to Truth, plus hundreds of hours of Wretched TV and radio. Now, what's possible for 2024? Well, we are excited to tell you about something new that we'll be starting next year. Can't let the cat out of the bag just yet, but what we can tell you is we need your help in order to make it happen. That's why we want you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. And right now through the end of the year, when you do that, every donation you give will be matched dollar for dollar. So join us, become a gospel partner today, and together let's make 2024 even wretched-er. In a good way, of course. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby be in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat. Would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 312 A.D. Emperor Constantine is converted after seeing a vision of the cross. He becomes a defender and advocate of the oppressed Christians. After his death, Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire, which endured in some form for another 1,500 years. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Excuse me, could I possibly talk to you on the radio and ask you a few questions? Would that be okay? Cool, let me pull up a chair if you don't mind. You don't have to move, just worry about moving. Tell me what your name is. My name is Bill. Bill, how old are you? 20 years old. What are you studying? I'm an English major and Spanish major or minor. And what do you want to do with that degree? I want to be a teacher, I think. Cool. Public or private schools? Um, it would probably be private schools, maybe universities. Private universities. Okay. How, why do you want to be in a private university? Um, students. Uh, I think the classroom setting would be more enjoyable. Why is that? Well, my experience is I've always gone to schools where um, the students have been come from um, higher classes, let's say, so there hasn't been as much um, need for discipline in the classroom, and I don't see that being so much my style. My cousin had to do, um, it's called Teach for America in Harlem, and 
from her descriptions of it. I didn't like it too much. And I was uh, at a school this summer in Quito, Ecuador. And although I like the experience there, that's not what I'd want to do for the rest of my life. All right. So you're studying Spanish. You're studying English. You want to be a teacher. We've, um, we're kind of curious to understand the mindset of, of college university students. Uh, we want to get into some deeper topics today. Um, heavier stuff, morality issues, talk about uh, religious worldviews. What is your religious worldview? Um, nothing really. I have a background um, that I think is fairly typical of um, whites who come from the upper middle class, which is, you know, Catholic, a semi, or at least semi-Catholic. But you're not a practicing Catholic, is that correct? No, I'm not. How come? Um, doesn't seem that interesting to me, and practicing Catholic as in going to church on Sundays, the actual services don't seem that interesting or actually, um, how to say this, infused with a religious seal. I don't actually think that a lot of people going to Mass on Sundays really believe. And what leads you to believe that? Because basically they're not really excited about it. Okay, so is that is that uh, do you think restricted to the Catholic denomination, or is that for all Christian religions? Actually, I think that's more of a class thing. And um, myself, having attended masses that are geared towards whites from the upper middle class, my experience has been that they're not very excited about. They don't really get into the masses. Okay, so let's say that they had. They were much more excited about it. How would that have changed your conclusion about what to believe about God? Um. I'm not sure. That's an interesting question. I mean, I think if I had grown up my whole life going to Masses where you know, there was a lot of uh, excitement in the Mass, um, you know, maybe it could have been infused or brainwashed into me um, from when I was young that I uh, sort of always accept it without question. And um, in terms of any intellectual position, I would always try and for, um, force the you know, existence of God kind of thing regardless of what I really thought. So the whole, when you were a child growing up, did you ever believe in God? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I went to Mass for a while. I mean, we went to Mass every Sunday for a while and then stopped going. Okay, so you did believe in God then, but you don't believe in God now? I'd say that's fair to, that's a sort of fair statement to make. All right, so without sounding too harsh here, were you wrong then, or are you living in rebellion now? Which is it? Um, to make things simple, I'd say it's probably more I'm living in rebellion now. So do you believe that God exists, but you're just ignoring him now? Mm. No, I don't think that's true either. So what are you living in rebellion against? I think the problem is that I'm not sure if I would have chosen those words, living in rebellion, or was I wrong then? I'm not exactly sure how I would phrase it. Okay, where do, how, how, what do you think would be a better description of where you're at than now? Do you believe that there's any sort of uh, supernatural being? Yeah, I think so. And is there any way to identify who that is? Um, I don't like the idea of, you know, it's sort of a person who's up there pulling strings. And that's the, that, I think, is, is what is implied when I say who that is. Okay. So do you have any notions right now who you think God is? No. Okay. So tell me, uh, are there, uh, do you think that there's any sort of afterlife? Um... I don't really know at all. Okay. Do you think that there's any validity in any world religions? Yeah, I think it's a personal. If it's something that makes the person happy and really gives meaning to their life, then by all means, I think it can be a great thing. I just don't think it's 
It certainly hasn't been something that I've found is really necessary in my life. And I think if it were necessary, I would become a practice, would start practicing a certain religion if I felt that it really had an integral place in my life. So what do you think that would do? What, what sort of um, event would have to happen in your life for that to occur? I have no idea. Tragedy? That could be possible. That's certainly a common one. I know that. Uh, illness, perhaps? Um, something like that is possible. And, uh, and so then, based on your need, you would try to find out who God is or fashion your own God? Um, probably fashion my own. Now, may I ask you a question? Will that God be real? What do you mean by that? Well, if you create a God to suit yourself, will that God actually exist? I think the God will exist if, um, no matter what anybody else tells you, you believe it. I, I'm really hoping you can explain that to me, because I have to confess to you that doesn't make any sense to me. So if I sit here and decide I want a God that's going to have red hair, blue eyes, have four arms, three legs, and is going to have uh, supernatural abilities, and I really believe that, that's going to make that so? Sure. How, how does that happen? Um, I think, well, I think in terms of religion and spirituality, it's the kind of thing where you kind of have to do it for yourself. And if you really believe in something, then I don't think anybody else can tell you otherwise. And in terms of the example I think you gave, I really don't think that you'd um, create for yourself a God such as that, um, that you would really believe in. So I think that your example is kind of, ex it's, it's basically so improbable that help um, this argument. Okay, so in for Hindus, they have approximately 330 million carved idols. Are those all real gods because somebody carved them and they believe that those are God? Yes. Explain to me how that can be. Well, if they really believe it, I have no reason to tell them that they're wrong. And if they want to go on believing it, that's fine with me. And if it gives meaning to it or not meaning to the if it makes them happy what if it does what they want to do and they feel fulfilled they you know whatever but my question is does that make the god real for them yeah so again I, i'm really hoping that you can articulate this for me i won't create any scenarios or paint any pictures for you okay how can i through the power of my mind create bring a god into existence well, I think it comes with experience and actually just many years of doing it and many years of um, faith and trying out different things. And say, for example, you know, you have a God in your mind at age five. It's probably been, you know, forced upon you by, you know, you can't create that just all by yourself. So you go on believing, you know, that God this is probably very close to what um, the Catholic Church teaches, you know, what God is. And so then you can go throughout your life and... Um, basically weighing it out on different experiences that you have, you can see, you know, how valid that picture of God is for you, and then you might change it, depending on your experiences. Or you might just abandon it altogether. I'm going to try a scenario now, because I do want to understand this. Let's say that I believe that that chair is God, and I really, really believe it, and I am intensely committed to that belief. Is that chair then God? For you, yes. For me, no. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with you living your life being intensely committed to that chair. Unless, of course, unless it would, I'm not sure exactly how much I believe this, but unless it would drastically interfere with other people's happiness. Okay, but the, specifically the question is, just because I believe it, 
is that chair God? Yeah. Really? How? Uh, please, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a dunce here. I just, I just don't understand that. Um, one of the things is that I don't think you would believe that chair was God unless, you know, you really, really believed it. And I think my experience has been that you can have, you can fight over whatever topic with people. And I think when somebody really believes something, they just really believe it. And my experience has been that it really doesn't value, um, to, to, you know, try and convince them otherwise. Unless they're wrong. Sometimes, yeah. Do you think that people can be wrong about their religion? Um, yeah. I think so. How? What would be an example of that? An example? Um, actually, I'm not sure how much I believe that. It is, it's hard to say, you know, just because it's such, um, somewhat of a subjective thing that, uh, um, yeah, actually, I'm not sure if I could really... T- I don't. I could, would never feel right telling anybody they're wrong about their religion. How come? Um, basically because it's such a personal thing, and I feel that I don't have any authority as a human being to go and interfere with something that doesn't really directly affect me in my day-to-day life um, as it applies to somebody else. I don't feel the right to tinker with anybody else's happiness. By the way, we should wrap this up soon. I have class in five minutes. Okay, no. Hey, I appreciate your time, though, very much. All right? Have a good day in class. We are on the college campus, and what we are hearing today loud and clear is postmodernism. What is it going to take for this generation to say to somebody, you are wrong? I am right. You are wrong. I would like to see if we could find that person today on this campus. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we kick things off down south in the state of Tennessee. That's where I'm from, where the Attorney General has just slapped Wall Street with a lawsuit this week, alleging that the investment firm BlackRock has misled citizens and shareholders over applying leftist ESG metrics. It's going to harm state pensions. BlackRock's ideological agenda reportedly has cost taxpayers millions of dollars, but it didn't cost them millions. Nope, it helped them line their pockets. How surprised is anybody to hear that? And shifting topics now, around 40% of student loan borrowers missed their first payment after COVID deferments expired in October. That translates to over 3 million Americans failing to resume their monthly bills. How far did you think that was going to go? Honestly, many of these degrees that these kids have to pay for are not even worth the paper they're printed on. Look at the economy. I'm so glad this administration thought this one through. Oh, wait a minute. Well, in education news, several school districts in New Jersey have scrapped the extreme transgender policies which allowed bathroom and locker room access based on identity rather than biology. They cited multiple scandals, including alleged assaults, as wake-up calls to restore safeguards, much to the outrage of the LGBT community. Of course, that was going to happen, but it turns out when you ignore basic physiology and mental illness when formulating policy, well, it has downsides after all, doesn't it? And you might have missed this one, but one of President Biden's ambassadors has publicly praised the nation of Qatar this week, despite the nation's ongoing support for Hamas. We can't say enough good things about those who weaponize radicals and advance Iranian interests. I don't know, is that the going price for begging tyrants to sell us some oil? 
Who knows? Anyway, that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hanks. Books of the Bible The book of Joshua tells of the conquest and division of the Promised Land. There are two consistent themes in Joshua, God's faithfulness and his aversion to unfaithfulness. When you wonder how committed God is to his people or doubt the seriousness of idolatry, let Joshua remind you that your God is a jealous God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's see if I can find somebody who's maybe sitting alone who is willing to talk to me. Excuse me, sir. Looks like you're done with class for a moment. Would you talk to me? Cool. Tell me what your name is. My name is Roscoe. Roscoe, what are you doing here at the uh, the campus? What are you studying? I'm a geography major and minor in geology. And what do you want to do with that? I really don't know at this point. Um, I guess options are endless, and that's why I'm at a liberal arts school, so I don't have to decide until uh, until I'm out of here. Already, we are asking some people some uh, tough questions today about big issues, about things like the afterlife and God and morality issues, abortion, sex, etc. Could you tell us? You must be 19, 20 years old. 20 years old. Do you have a religious worldview? Uh, yes and no. I guess I really haven't used religion as an avenue to pursue much in my life, um, just because I, don't, I guess I really haven't uh, believed it's been that big of an influence um, in my life. And I know it has in a lot of people's life, but um, as far as the abortion issue, pro-choice all the way. You're pro-choice. How come? I don't think it should be up to anyone except uh, the mother and the father of a child, um, whether it should be born or not. And... Do you personally think that abortion is right or wrong? I, I think it depends on which stage the abortion's in. And I, th- I think it's a responsible choice in a lot of instances. And I don't think it should be decided on a basis of right or wrong necessarily, uh, except... The circumstances. Premise. Exactly. Circumstances the premise which uh, it's decided. In. Explain to me, does that type of approach to making a decision about something that important, the based on the circumstances, do we get to apply that type of thinking to any other sort of morality issue, like, say, uh, murder or rape or incest or uh, any sort of other violent crime? I believe they're two different things. I don't think you can compare them in any way. How come? I think one's totally more severe than the other. I don't think you can put abortion in the same category as murder and rape it's just not the same thing you can't you can't compare them may i surmise that that's because you don't believe that what is inside of the womb is a human being if if done responsibly i don't think abortion is killing a human being what is contraceptive is that the same thing sure if it's an abortifacient sure it does the same thing so what what's what happens do you think what is if it's not taking of a human life what is going on there well yes it is a possible human life However, like I said, it depends on circumstances. I don't think a person should go along pregnant for a while and then decide to have an abortion once, you know, the development has occurred and all this. How, long, how, how developed do you think that needs to be before it's wrong? I don't know. That's, that's debatable. I, I guess I really can't put a, a number uh, as far as days on it or months or weeks or whatever. I think it's something like that should be taken care of within the first small amount of time um, after it's uh, known that you're pregnant or whatever. This is perhaps a tough question. If you don't know for sure, how is it that you're willing to take the chance that it's not a human being? I never said it wasn't a human being. So why is it acceptable then to abort it? I, I've said it. it depends on the circumstances. It depends on the time scale. Okay. I'm not going to be the judge of when that, when that is correct or not. All right. Let's get back to that. We started out with uh, religion. Did you grow up in a religious house? I did not. I, you didn't? Well... Yes and no. I've been baptized Ukrainian Orthodox. Um, however, I'm not a 
a frequent visitor to um, any Orthodox church, um, basically because we didn't have one in our area very close. Uh, down here in the Twin Cities metro area is the closest one. And uh, I've, you know, I've been there during Easter and Christmas and stuff like that. Um, but I guess I'm not necessarily um, a devout person to religion. Do you believe in any sort of uh, God? I, I guess I guess I would say I believe in God. However, um, I, I think I think also that gets to the matter of uh, being a, being a science or uh, type person that I am. Um, it gets to the debate over creationism versus evolutionary evolutionism, and um, I, I think the two can coexist. However, I guess right now in my life, I I question whether to what extent you can believe in both because they contradict each other t- so much. Um, initially, maybe creationism is the way things occurred. And since then, it's evolved. I, I guess that's where I stand um, as far as that. Okay, so you, but you do believe that there could be some sort of God. So would you consider yourself an agnostic or an atheist? Agnostic. Agnostic. So you just don't know who God might be. Sure. I, I, think, I think it's more, I think um, the Native Americans had a great view on this because I think it's more of a spirituality thing than necessarily, and more of a um, higher being you know, thing than, than necessarily a, a God and um, one monotheistic view versus polytheistic, and I, I think, I think just being spiritual, spiritual, uh, just being spiritually aware within yourself and um, your, what's what's your surroundings in your life, and acknowledging these things, um, whether it's family, friends, loved ones. I think that's more important than necessarily thinking that one one God is gonna gonna save you or. Um, make decisions in your life that you don't have control over. I th- what, do you, what do you think of those religions that do make statements like that, like Islam or Christianity that say that there is the right way and the only way? I, I disagree. I disagree. I think, I think, I think maybe we, we do have a path or somewhere we're supposed to end up in our life, but I, I, I think it's up to us how we get there. And I, th- I think there's many roundabout ways to live our lives, and I don't think um, one way is right or wrong. Okay, so uh, is it, could Christianity be right for me or Islam be right for me but wrong for somebody else? Definitely, definitely. Okay, and so uh, which person is wrong? Neither. They're both right. Yes, because it's a, it's a personal choice and it's, it's, everybody is different. Everybody needs to live their life in a different way, um, believe in different things, and we can't necessarily um, go about our lives thinking we're wrong if somebody else is right. I mean, you'd be a pretty depressed person. So in the religion of Islam, they would say that uh, Allah is God and Muhammad is the prophet. Are they wrong? No, that's what they believe. I, I, I really think there's room for every uh, religion in this light in these uh, in the world. And um, let me let me try this. I'm I'm curious about your thinking here. The religion of Christianity says Muhammad wasn't a prophet and Jesus Christ is God. So is Christianity right or wrong, or is Islam right or wrong? I think they're beliefs. I think I think they're ways that people get through the day believing things. I really don't. I really, I, I don't hi- hold religion that uh, that seriously. I guess. I'm, I'm I'm curious about how your brain is working. So, if if it gets them through the day, is it just their? Is it like a placebo that the thought of religion gets them through the day, or is one of the objects of the religion actually correct or incorrect? I think we should totally get away from whether it's correct or incorrect. I don't think that's the issue. And and by you saying a placebo, I do I do think that is possibly a thing for a lot of people. A lot of people I don't believe are necessarily uh, devote Christians or devote you know to Islamic beliefs uh, as much as they may be using it as an avenue 
to uh, to develop their own being and like because they believe in that then um, they, f- they feel that they can live a fulfilled life and that they're doing the right thing when really it's more of a, a fulfillment for their inner self than necessarily believing in that religion all right let's try this I'm gonna I'm gonna make a statement and then I want you to tell me if I'm right or wrong okay I believe the guy you're talking I believe that Jesus Christ is God's son who lived 2,000 years ago who died on a cross and rose from the dead am I right or wrong to you you're right to others you're wrong how can that be very simply people have different beliefs we're not all the same if we were all the same I'd, I'd hate to live in this life but do, but aren't beliefs either right or wrong no no there's there's opinion and there's there's fact and there's theory religion is theory which is a thing that can be proven wrong or right in the future but hardly anyone's ever going to prove that right or wrong alright let's try this I believe that that tree is God and that tree has supernatural powers, and if I pray to that tree, it will answer my prayers. Am I right or wrong? It's up to you. Now, wait, now, please explain that to me. How? I mean, it's either a tree or God. It's a tree. That is fact. Whether it's God or not, it is, it is probably not God, unless you believe it is. So by the power of my mind, I can make that God exist. Exactly. Exactly. Can I do that with any other things? Any? Uh, yeah, I believe you can. That's what I mean by spirituality. You can. Ha- you can hold anything in high regard in your life. Let, well, let's move it out of the realm of religion. By the power of my mind, can I bring anything else into existence? You can't bring it into existence, but you can. You can label anything in any way you wish. But I would be wrong if I mislabeled it. Correct? No. P- p- no. Everybody, everyone sees things differently in this world. You can't. You can't put one definition on. Um, on certain objects. And that's, that's just my belief. But I have to go to class. So. Thanks very much for talking to me. I appreciate it. Goodbye. <laughs> just had a conversation with a young man who demonstrated again what is going on on our college campuses. This postmodern mind that anything can be right. You can be right. And it's... He just said I could make that tree God by the power. You hear what they're saying? By the power of my mind, I can create God to exist. But I can't do that in any other realm, but I can make God happen because I believe it. Boy, there's, um, I think I want to start focusing on the word believe and what people think it means to believe. Because what I hear being the pervasive mindset about the word belief is that you make it so in your mind. That's postmodernism. Again, you remember the postmodern, the way to remember postmodernism. In the pre-modern mindset, it was, I call them as they are. The modern mindset, I call them as I see them. And now the postmodern mind says, I call them and that's what they are. There's no right. There's no wrong. There's just belief. And so... What I'm hearing is that basically I have the power in my own brain to create a God by just simply believing it. This is unbelievable. Well, for me, it doesn't have to be unbelievable for you.
I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty. And I asked, and I said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats, they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. As someone who listens and consumes our content on a regular basis, you've probably experienced the impact that our programs like Wretched, Road Trip to Truth, and Transform can have on your life and the life of those you share them with. But did you know that we also rely on the support of our listeners just like you, not only to listen to our content, but also with help in producing our content. Your generous donations help us to reach more people with the gospel. That's why we're asking you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Your support can make a huge difference in our ability to continue our mission and to reach more people with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. So would you consider it? Would you prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel Partner? If you're ready to stand firm with us, just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word Wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. So you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally? Well, then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. You have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised. Would you please join TMAI, the Master's Academy International, in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. It's a magnificent ministry and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. Attributes of God. You can trust in God. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 tells us that God is immutable. He does not change. He is faithful to fulfill His promises, just as much today as when the Bible was written. You can rest assured that His Word is still true. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hi, would you talk to me on the radio for just a moment? We are talking to people today about moral absolutes. Do you believe that there are moral absolutes? Yes. What are they? Well, what do you mean by moral absolute? Well, things that are right or wrong, things that we can clearly say that's a right behavior and that's a wrong behavior. Yeah, I do think there's a moral absolute. Um, I think taking the life of a human being for any reason is wrong. 
Are you, does that mean that you are a pro-life individual? Um, nope. That means that's getting into the argument about whether or not um, a child is born or are they a fetus or a human being. But I am, I am anti-death penalty. Okay, but I, I thought you said, though, that you're against uh, death of a human being in any circumstance. You don't think that includes abortion, then? No, it doesn't include abortion. Okay. Do you believe, may I ask you, you're studying philosophy, do you have any religious worldview? Um, what do you mean? Are you a certain religion? Yes. May I ask what it is? Episcopalian. You're Episcopalian. Okay, um, and do you think that um, some religions are right and some religions are wrong? No, I don't believe that there's a single religion that humanity has come up with that has it all figured out. Okay, so may I ask what you believe? Um, well, one of the main reasons that I'm Episcopalian is because they are tolerant of other religions and cultures. And whereas they cannot for certain say what is in what the afterlife holds for every human being, they respect the right of other people to believe what they want to. Okay, so where do you think you're going when you die? I think I'm going to the heaven that I've created for myself, not that the Christian Bible has created. You're going to the heaven that you've created for yourself. So you've been able to create a heaven, is that what I understand? Kind of. What I believe to be the perfect life after life, I believe that's where I'll go. And how do you plan on getting there? By staying true to my morals and beliefs. So how did you how did you create this place in your mind and actually make it come into it? Is it an actual place? It's not so much an actual place as it's just um, being at peace and knowing that those I left behind are happy and knowing that I've made a positive impact on the world and knowing that it's a better place that I now that I've lived in it. So there's Episcopalian is a Christian religion, and there's other Christians who would say there's a heaven that's really good and a hell that's a bad place. Do you think that those places exist? No, I don't think a hell exists. Um, I think if there is a God, then he is all-forgiving. And I can't imagine that um, a superior being, whether it's the Christian God or uh, an Arabic religious religion God, would condemn a soul to eternal pain and suffering because of a mistake that they made in like an 80-year span of their life. So do you think people who believe that are wrong? No, I don't think they're wrong. I just, it's not what I believe. It's not. But it sounds like the, that you said that that isn't right, but that therefore they should be wrong. It's not right for me. Like, if they believe that there's a hell and that's their motivation for being a moral human being and that's their motivation for living a life that they see fit, then they are right in believing that. My motivation for leading a moral life is not the fear that I'm going to end up in hell. Help me understand this. I'm very intrigued by what you're saying. Just for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to believe that there's a heaven and a hell, all right? That they're actual places. You don't believe that, do you? Okay, I, for a person who believes that hell is a place below earth with the devil and fire and flames, that is real in their mind. They fear it. They fear ending up there. And so they, they do things for the purpose of not ending up there and instead ending up in a place in heaven with God or Jesus Christ or whatever. And that's real in their mind. They have a picture. It's objective reality to them because they've believed it so much that it becomes real for them. Whereas me, my picture of the afterlife or life beyond death 
is my motivation for my actions on earth and therefore it's real to me. Um, let's put it this way, there isn't one hell. There's a hell and a heaven for every different person and each of their views on it is correct in my mind. People end up where they want to end up. So if I believe that in eternity I'm going to end up in that oak tree, that's where I'm actually going to end up? If that's if you are all your actions in life are geared towards making sure you end up there and that's what you would define as peace or existence after life then sure why not why not end up in that oak tree do you believe that two plus two is four by our standards yes okay so let's say that by the same standard i sit here we're living in the same standard in the same reality right now i believe that two plus two is twelve and i really really believe it am i right or wrong well, in my world you're wrong, but in your world you're right. I, I, how is, but we're sitting here in the same world with the same standards. Okay, well then you would be, I guess, I don't know, hold on, let me think. No, I, I sense that it's very hard for you to say that I'm wrong. Well, it is difficult for me because... How come? Because we just go from talking about things that are very, like... I mean, a discussion of heaven and hell, heaven and hell are completely uncertain things, and nobody has a definition or a grasp whatsoever on them. Whereas something such as arithmetic that has been a part of the human institution since day one, I mean, it's a lot more difficult to argue those kind of things. So it is harder for me to decide whether that's right or wrong. All right, let's try this. That, what, what is that that you're holding in your hand right now? A book. Oh, no, no, that's a frog. Am I wrong? Yes. I'm wrong. Okay, so if I'm wrong about that, because you know that the ob despite the intensity of my belief, the object either is a book or it's a frog, correct? It's not about the intensity of my belief. It's about the certainty of the object, correct? Kind of, yeah. All right, so wouldn't the same thing be true about, let's say, God? There, yeah, I suppose that's right in a way. Okay, so there either is a God or there isn't a God. So do you believe in God? Yes, but not the same. I don't know. There's not one God. So I don't believe. I know that I do not believe in the same God that you do. How do you know that? Um, because I have a very difficult time believing that every single person on this earth or any two people on this earth have the exact same idea of what a God would be. So God is what there's five billion people on the planet there's five billion gods pretty much well here's my i here's my idea like religion for me is a reason to be a good person i don't necessarily believe that there is a god that created adam and that created eve and that had a son named jesus who died and so on and so forth i don't believe that there is actually a being like up there watching down on me watching as I work but what Bible the stories in the Bible that give me basic morals about what I believe is right and wrong like th those are what I take and use and like the idea of a God is what I use to decide what my actions would be okay there's not a physical God but there's the idea that humans should work to be better than what we are now. 
But let's say that I believe that there is a physical God. Am I correct? If you believe that there is a physical God, and that is what you base your moral beliefs on, and if that is what inspires you to be a good human, then you are right in believing that. Okay. Thank you very much for talking to me today. I appreciate it very much. We are on the campus of McAllister College, and I do not know that it could have been more vividly demonstrated than what you just heard. What are we going to do about this? This isn't unusual. This isn't different. This girl grew up in an Episcopal church, that one a Catholic church, this one a Lutheran church. They're all growing up in different churches. They're going to church. They are not hearing truth. I will encourage you. I will exhort. I will beg you again if you are a teacher or you are a preacher. I'm going to ask you to do it starting tonight or this Sunday. Scrap whatever it is that you have got on the logs and please... Please see if your people are saved. Please see if they have an understanding of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Please go back to the very basics. Start with the Ten Commandments. Start with the character and the nature of holy, almighty God. Share with them the fall of man into sin. Use the Ten Commandments as a mirror to help them understand the exceeding sinfulness of sin and that they've fallen short of the glorious standard that God has set for all of us. Please help them understand that God is right and he is just in sending people to hell as a just punishment for violating his holy standard. And then once they shake and they tremble, then give them the incredible good news that that God loved them anyway and sent his son to die for their sins, to take the punishment that they deserve. Explain it simply. You broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. And then help them understand how they must access that gift through repentance and trust. Make it your purpose, pastor. Make it your purpose, teacher. See how many people in your body are saved. And then might I suggest to you that you put a screeching halt on a whole lot of other activities and make it your priority and make it your focus to make your own church the mission field. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.